Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Me and my boyfriend were literally holding each other all week. We couldn't stop talking about waiting to see this one moment from the trailer that we were obsessed with. And it is, of course, Selma Hayek saying, Thanos. <laughs> and then they redubbed it, and now in the movie she says Thanos. No way. Yes. That's fucked up. I know, I'm mad. Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel has such a special place in my heart, Fran, because this time last year, my only social interaction was every week was going over to your apartment to watch WandaVision. Yeah, we had nothing, truly nothing else to live for yes. at that stage in our lives. And I really feel like WandaVision was the thing to make me care about the rest of the MCU. And so I was like, hmm, what are these Avengers? Like, what's their what's their story? I, um, I do think it kind of pulled everyone back into the MCU in a way mm. because it was like one of those rare Marvel things that like people who like don't usually watch that kind of stuff were watching it. And you know, like the ubiquitousness of it. And like Agatha all along and it, it, and it was do, the moment. Exactly. I do feel also that there is like, there was a compelling humanity to like Wanda that helped me start to see what was so amazing about all the other members of the MCU. And like maybe for the virgins at home that are 
turning on this episode and being like, oh, Marvel, I'm just like not privy to like whatever the fuck this is. I encourage you as someone who is kind of that person because I'm never paying attention, honestly, during Marvel movies. As much as the um, post-credits kind of entwined narratives of all 27 of these movies is very overwhelming, it actually is not as complicated as you think if you get as invested in the kind of emotions and characters as you do for Wanda. Yeah, or if you have Marvel stands to talk through it with you like we do today, because Joel Kim Booster is here to talk about Marvel with us in a very irreverent, but like also like serious and analytical way, because this is Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Domu. And I'm Fran Torado. And before we go into the multiverse of madness, let's talk about what's going on in today's pop culture. Absolutely. She lived, she served cunt, she died. And of course, the she we are talking about (laughs) is the green Eminem. May she rest in peace. May she rest in power. May she rest in power. The green M&M. I can't believe they deassified the green M&M. Honestly, deassified, and I have been told for at least a year now that the green M&M is canonically trans. Have you ever come across this conversation on the internet? Yeah, I used to see her in line at Callum Lord. <laughs> um, I feel like M&Ms caught wind of this internet conversation and usurped it for recuperations on a deteriorating brand. What did, Why what? did they have to take away her tabby boots? <laughs> we need an M&M who eats ass. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, there was like basically a press release of some kind sent out last it week. It was a tweet. It was a tweet that showed a picture of the M&M's, all of the different M&M's saying that they're globally rebranded for a more inclusive era. They grabbed Che Diaz's woke button and hit it. <laughs> they, they didn't hit the sleigh button, they hit the woke button. They hit it hard. A couple times. Yeah. So people were quick to, to point out that um, Mars, the overall company, is in a child slavery lawsuit. Um, and so has, this is all a smokescreen to distract is, people. So purportedly all a smokescreen because they've been profiting off of like 11 year olds who work on cocoa farms in the Ivory Coast without pay for years. I believe it. I will believe any conspiracy. Yeah, same. And like, unfortunately, have to say it, our girl Tucker Carlson felt a type of way about these M&Ms. And obviously Tucker Carlson is like abhorrent. And like, obviously it's like so gross because... Like, the reason he's so mad is because he wants so bad to, like, fuck an Eminem. <laughs> but <laughs> he really does. But, um, unfortunately, he did make some points. And he has a right to make fun of us as a culture, I think. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I want to be lumped in with the us that yeah. um, made under the Eminems. You know, who asked for this? I mean, I did. I've been writing in every day, Rose, asking them to please, please create a more inclusive green M&M. Oh, did they hire you freelance to work on the campaign? The rebranded Were you? Did you consult? That is such an accurate drag. I hate you <laughs> <Yeah>. so much. 
<laughs> you have done a disservice to your community and you need to be held accountable. You know, I, I don't want to talk about it too much more, but I just have to say, you know, in the same line of like when Oreos tweeted that trans people exist or like the mix. We don't. The mi- <laughs> Stop it. Uh, the mixed potato head of it all, which I think happened like the same week. And then, of course, there was Patty Harrison's iconic Twitter takeover of the Nilla Wafers account. <laughs> Nilla Wafers um, account. <laughs> she said that she was Sia doing a, a Twitter takeover <laughs> and that there were only two genders. Which is notoriously how people get taken off Twitter. Yeah, and she's verified, so it looks like it's real. Yeah. She said, hello, I am Sia the singer doing a social media takeover for Nilla Wafers today. There are only two genders. <laughs> then she tweeted, trans women are men. <laughs> no! <laughs> then she quote tweeted that and said, transphobia is never okay. Thank you for holding us accountable. We are better than this. We strive to learn and grow as a brand, and you make that possible. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna swing from the chandelier, from the chandelier. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) She did also tweet, if you are bisexual, we do not want your business. (laughs) Which, honestly, fair. Wow, that's extremely biphobic, Fran. You know what? I am biphobic. Well, you know what? I'm Fran-phobic. Oh, are you really? Yeah, specifically you. Fran Fine is not included in this. Oh, I see. Okay, what about Fran Leibowitz? No comment. (laughs) Speaking of Fran Leibowitz, I have to say, I watched the Andre Leon Talley documentary over the weekend, which is on HBO Max. Fran is in it, I think, for, like, one interview, but the documentary as a whole is, like, amazing. I strongly recommend. You would actually love it, Rose. Everyone listening to this podcast would love it. I don't like you telling me that I'm going to love things. Yeah. And I I want to not like them out of spite. Um, That said, you know... Andre Leon Talley was, like, such an incredible person. He's, like, someone that I personally have admired for so long. And Did you read his book? No, I didn't. And you know what's funny is I also, very classic me, had no idea that he was a judge on America's Next Top Model. He did really make the pop culture rounds yeah. in sort of the, la- the last, like, decade of his life. Maybe more than a decade. Yeah. Well, I mean... When y- did the Sex and the City movie come out? Was he in the Sex and the City movie? Yeah, the first one. What? When Carrie is doing her Vogue bridal shoot, he's sitting behind the cameras in full regalia. I didn't remember because I did so much weed. Anyways, my my point is it's a great introduction to the breadth of his work. So definitely go check it out. Um, What did you watch this weekend, Rose? Um, I had been seeing some tweets about this new sitcom, Abbott Elementary, that's mm. on Hulu. Mm. And watch the four episodes that are out. It's so cute and so funny. It's like Parks and Rec style, like mockumentary, you know, like The Office. And it's about teachers at a public elementary school in Philly, mm. like a school that's really underfunded. And I have not laughed out loud like that watching a TV show in a very long time. It's so sweet and funny. In kind of the same way Parks and Rec was, where it's, like, about good people trying to do good things within a bad system. Mm. So I really liked that. And then last night I watched The Gilded Age on HBO Max. I also Um, Julian Fellows' new period drama, Julian Fellows, who created Downton Abbey. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was him. Yeah. I mean, well, that's why, you know, everyone was so excited about it and that it has this pedigree because, you know, it's by the creator of Downton Abbey, who is like 
the king of campy period dramas mm-hmm. currently. I <laughs> it was pretty boring. Um I yeah, did zone out for a lot of it. Yeah. Some good performances, you know, love seeing the girls, Christine Baranski, Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many episodes it'll take for Cynthia to get like a gender queer chimney sweep under her, <laughs> under her hoop skirt. Named Commodore Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Coon, who plays the the like new rich woman who is trying to like enter the world of old money I thought was very good um sh- and I also found out that she was in one of the Avengers movies so mm. that's we love to see the range there was gay stuff I don't know if you made it to the end I did there was not gay stuff oh shit I mean of course they're not gonna bring on Cynthia without giving us some gay stuff no it wasn't Cynthia was it not the gay Cynthia. stuff no it was gay it was gay guys Gay guys. Gay wow. guys, yeah. Okay, I just have to say quickly, unfortunately, I started to watch it after, you know, we were texting about it, and I do not know if Christine Baranski and our girl Cynthia, as much as they are two of my favorite people in Hollywood, are, like, not enough to, like, get me to watch what is, like, a very lukewarm period it's drama. Not, it's not your kind of show. I'm not. You are a period drama girl. I, I you know, am, yes. it takes a lot to get me to things These like, heights, weathering. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot for me to get there. But I would have finished the episode if that guy that I sent you the voice memo about didn't come over while I was Oh, he it. came over. He did. He did come over, unfortunately. For those of you that don't know, there's this guy that I slept with like over a year ago. Who for who would be the, the ones who did know of our <laughs> listeners? Um, people that listen to Food for Thought. So, oh, or so, I forgot that you have another podcast. Yeah, you forgot that I'm cheating on you with this with another podcast. Actually, well, I'm I guess cheating actually, on them. I, you're cheating on them with me. Yeah, you're the mistress. I'm the other in this woman. Scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> love obsessed. Um, but the obsessed starring Beyonce, which I've never seen, and we need to do an episode on soon. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, the cliff notes on this guy, which no one cares about, are just that it was like one of the worst most mediocre dates I've ever been on over a year ago and in the meantime he has slid into my DMs to ask for... Was this the guy who ordered Indian food to your house? This is the guy that took me out and he was like let's go get Indian food didn't ask me what I wanted Fran yeah girl he's really hot you need to learn to love yourself he looks like fucking Tarzan there's so so many hot men like the like like Disney cartoon Tarzan he is so hot he's like the like manifestation of like so many of like my erotic okay that's that's fine for you to keep having sex with him you just need to do less I made a decree last night and that is we're not douching anymore in 2022. No, 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 man. We ma'am. are doing the bare minimum for our partners, if that. It, if I they totally don't, If agree. they don't want us, if they don't want us hairy, sweaty, and full of shit, then they don't want us at all. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I can't read, and I have no critical thinking skills. So, you know, it, it would make sense that you would fool me a second yeah, time. Yeah, like I said <laughs> to the children I used to nanny when I gave them apples instead of cookies, you get what you get. And you don't get upset. It's and so then after true. that, I would steal crates of Pellegrino from their parents' K 
kitchen cupboard <laughs> and take them home before the parents got back to the house. Look, you get what you get. <laughs> you um, get what you get. And I, you don't get upset. But it's so true. I because got, you have free Pellegrino. It's so true. And I wish I had free Pellegrino because last night I got buffed and puffed. I douched for way too long. And let me tell you, this guy was like three hours late. I, I felt like I was humiliated. Um, But yeah. This is humiliating. And let me tell you, the ye old gays on the Gilded Age were certainly not douching. No. And they were doing butt no, stuff. Yes, ma'am. And sure, they had like maids and like valets and stuff to clean up after them. They weren't, you know, washing their own soiled sheets. Mm-hmm. But, th- but we have made do for centuries millennia without douching (laughs) agreed but that said he did leave at 1 a.m and i was so hungry that i drove and got my very first on my own my very first on my own fast food drive-thru i went to wendy's what'd you get i went to wendy's wendy's it was the only thing that was not a wendy's girl it was the only thing that was open near me and i do love me a spicy chicken club i i ate two of them and i'm paying for it this morning let me tell you this has taken a turn (laughs) um we have to touch briefly maybe on this week's and just like that in which Miranda finally left Steve for Che Diaz, which solidified her status as the villain of and just like that kind of. Yeah. Like that's not even like hyperbole. Like she really is off her rocker in a way that is relatable. Like who among us has not in a manic episode booked a flight to get some long distance dick. I haven't. You've never done I that. I would ne- I would never travel for a man. I have or a, or a them or a woman. <laughs> I've traveled I wouldn't travel for anyone. For long distance at least twice. Really? At least twice, Ooh, maybe three. We need times. to free you of the shackles of testosterone. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with that. But poor Steve, poor Steve. Poor Steve. I mean- but you know what? Like honestly, he <laughs> will have a new girlfriend in a week and Miranda will be left by Che in a couple days. Yeah, it's it's true. The scene between the two of them was so gorgeous. I mean, it was gorgeously lit, first of all. Just the lighting in this scene, like, draped behind them. This, like, gold and, like, aura of light in their breakup was, like, so beautifully staged. I thought their conversation was so well-written. Like, I know we drag, like, MPK and everything that has gone down in this season, but I felt that the breakup really stuck the landing as hard as it was to watch. It was, like, a, a very real send-off. Well, yeah, because it leaned into Miranda being awful. Yeah, it did. It did. But, like, Steve's final plea was perfect. It was exactly but it, what he but it wasn't. To say. But it wasn't a plea, which is why I liked it. Because yeah, he said, exactly. I've been fighting for us, and I'm not going to anymore. That's so tea. It's, it's, it's the thing that she needed to hear, and I, I have a feeling that those words, she's not hearing them now, but they're going to haunt her later. You know what I mean? Yeah, because Che is a fuck they, yeah. and is going to break her heart. So, as I mentioned earlier, I paid for Season 14 of America's Next Top Model because I wanted to watch Andre Leon Talley's season. I also have never watched a full season of America's Next Top Model. Yeah, you need to go back and watch one of the earlier seasons. Oh, I'm going to start from one because I started to watch 14. One and is okay. Two is, oh my God, incredible. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to watch. Shandy. 
if you, real ones know Shandy, Joanna, the girls. The girls were girling. I know I'm gonna watch like the first four or five seasons because Tiffany, obviously. Um, but like, I have no regrets about my choice as 14 for an entry point. The array of girls they have on this season. There's this girl named Brenda. She says she's looking for her biological father. She showed up on her father's doorstep. Her father says, I'm not your dad. Completely rejects her. Um, she used the This help. happens on America's Next Top Model? On America's Next Top Model. She, like, does she go to his house for go-sees? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, en- she enlists the, the help of her cop boyfriend to find her biological father. Oof, which A-cab. sounds illegal. The, Sally Hirschberger chops 15 inches of hair off this girl into like a red bob and she like cries through all of it oh my god the makeover episodes are always so good there used to be i don't know if it exists anymore a youtube compilation (gasps) that's just every makeover from america's next top model all seasons i'm sure i have to watch that i will sometimes go back and just watch the makeover episodes from earlier seasons or like if i'm trying to figure out if i want to watch a certain season of top model i will just watch episode three which is the the makeover episode it's the best. The things Tyra did to these girls. <laughs> Emotional terrorism. Ooh. I mean, we'll get into it in the episode, but with this season specifically, they chop this girl's hair off and she like sobs uncontrollably and all the girls immediately start making fun of her in the house. And they say that she looks like Miranda from Sex in the City. <laughs> That's not an insult. It's a compliment. But like yeah. the girl, Brenda is like, that hurt my feelings. That's not nice. Like, Because <laughs> in this time, no one wanted to be and the Miranda. The, gr- the girls make fun and of her. And then everyone wanted to be the Miranda. And now we've swung back around to exactly. no one wants to be the Miranda. Exactly. Wow. Culture really is a full circle. The pendulum always swings back. Which, always swings back. Speaking of which, this was the season where the girls walk down a catwalk with a, a huge swinging pendulum that hits them as they walk down the runway. An amazing season. It's giving legends of the hidden temple. <laughs> yeah, very Indiana Jones. But basically, this girl's ridiculed so bad that Sally Hirschberger comes back to the house to cut her hair again. Ugh, I want a Sally Hirschberger haircut. I, I mean, it starts at like thousands of dollars, I'm sure. Fran, should I get bangs? I have told you that you should get curtain bangs. I think it'd be very I'm No, I got curtain large. bangs last year. I'm not doing it. Phoebe, should I get bangs? Virgins, this is your action item for this week. If you think I should get bangs, tweet at us and, and let us know. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut... 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on do not disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. So I tweeted something recently that made our guest, Joel Kim Booster, slide into my DMs to start a fight. Um, <laughs> because I tweeted that Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is the gayest Marvel movie. And Joel, you disagree. Um, it's not that necessarily that I disagree. It's that I, I totally get it. Like the vibes between Bucky and Steve Rogers are like pretty, like almost text yeah. like it's yeah, not even powerful. subtext yeah. like mm-hmm. it's there i get that um i do think that like in spirit though there are gayer options like i think okay. some of the thor movies are a little bit gayer I certainly agree. is there like, a, is there a specific one that yeah, you think is the gayest ragnarok i agree i agree mm-hmm. i mean kate blanchett's presence alone makes it one of the right. gayest e- movies even though the majority of her MCU. presence is like cgi however, yeah, yeah like yeah. but it's everything else she does is very but you funny. were saying that you don't like you didn't like ragnarok and you th- really and you did like her performance in it. This is honestly, I, I have like a, a middling reaction to a lot of Marvel movies because I'm watching them in the wrong context. So I tried watching Ragnarok on a plane, mm. which is just not, it's not how I wanted to watch it. So I actually rewatched it this week um, because I was like, well, what is this? And I, I do feel like maybe next to like some Spider-Man, maybe even the most recent Spider-Man movie, which I think is very gay. I agree. Like Ragnarok had so many things about it that I felt were kind of queer and like thor himself like gives like a there there's there's something really like homoerotic and like makes me hard when they strap him down and shave his head Mm, that is there it is like the begin it is the it is the beginning of of slash fiction well well speaking of it's the scene that launched a million flash i mean speaking of slash fan fiction and thor like a lot of it is about thor and And loki Loki. yeah Yeah. fake incest and loki is actually Textually they're, queer, according to yes, yes, yeah, 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 and also they're not really blood related. Uh, yeah. And this is oh. one of my hottest and least well received takes ever. But gay people should be allowed to do incest, okay? Um, <laughs> well, that's lateral the thing. incest. You heard it here. Lateral incest, brothers, cousins, yes, anything uh, with a, a power differential, of course, no. But 
Lateral incest. Lateral incest. Yes, of course. Oh god. I just feel like literally the only real problem with incest is inbreeding. Yeah, and that's that's not not the problem. problem. It's the only problem. Literally, and like you could even ask the question: like, is it incest if you're gay? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you could ask that question. But that is maybe not a question this podcast will ask. I love that we um, started this. Yeah. yeah. Joel, open us right up. So, Joel, you – I even, like, just from a, like, kind of peripheral, like, view of your, um, like, internet presence, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I would understand that you are into sort of, like – Geeky, yes. comic booky stuff. I am, I, yes, I'm a, a a geek. I'm a gamer. I'm a, a nerd. I'm all the things, anything genre related. I'm pretty much down for. Especially comic books really was my entry point mm. for a lot of culture when I was growing up. I started collecting comic books when I was nine. Um, I own like thousands at this point. And Still, I, and where are they? They're all in a. St- half of them are in a storage unit in New York, and half of them are somewhere in my mom's new house in Chicago. Are they in a Carrie Bradshaw size storage unit? No, with, like different kinds. Very of teeny, and- <laughs> very teeny tiny. Um, it and like I haven't. I actually stopped buying them regularly. Like um, several. Like probably went sometime at some point when I was living in New York. But it is still like I I I love the lore and I love like the continuity especially which mm-hmm. is it's funny because we'll talk a little bit I think we'll get into it I think that the MCU is sort of suffering from the connective tissue that it's forced mm-hmm. itself into mm-hmm. a little bit because, because comic books do not care about continuity uh, they mm-hmm. do and they don't I, I think that like there's a little bit more freedom um, in comic books but like famously like they they started to care about continuity in a big way in the the eighties, um, especially like DC Comics basically did a whole event called Crisis on Infinite Earths where they were oh, like yeah, all of these that. different threads of like wait a minute the Huntress is Batman's daughter in this version but she's not in this version and they basically just did what Marvel is doing right now yeah. which is saying like oh there's a multiverse and then they destroyed the multiverse and squished it all into one mm-hmm. and and that's for you know decades was what the continuity that DC was working off of and Marvel done a few of those events themselves they've mm-hmm. like killed the avengers and the avengers came back in fact one of the earliest comic books i ever bought was the rebooted avengers book where they brought them all back to life mm. and like kind of restarted a lot of the continuity in a way did you have um a favorite team or yes. superhero so growing up this is gonna automatically people will sort of uh take what i'm saying about the mcu a little bit less seriously when i say this but i am a dc boy okay i kind of Marvel. got that vibe no yeah. way uh, okay. the first comic book i ever bought was a justice league comic book okay. um and i've always been like i think the iconography of dc and sort of the maximalism of dc is more appealing to me as a, as like somebody who, if i'm gonna read a superhero story like I want gods and icons. Like I mm. don't necessarily need like street level like realism mm. with when it comes to superheroes. Um, and I think DC does that better. Obviously, they're far less successful in the movie space yeah. than than Marvel has been because of the tone that they can't find in certain ways. In but certain I ways. but I do think what DC is doing now, where they they have the ability to do something Marvel can't, which is have these extremely tonally different projects. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Marvel, like everything kind of has to ultimately fit back within the Marvel formula and DC can do something like have the Suicide Squad and Justice League and Peacemaker. That was a decision that they came to relatively recently. In fact, they came out and said basically after Justice League flopped 
and um, they they were like, eh, we're actually doing like a soft connected universe. But I think the I devilish think, grin on your face right now. I think IDF Queen um, <laughs> Gal Gadot is imagine she, all the pee holes. Yeah, I know she is. Um, I think one of the definitions right now of star not actress. Oh, she is. is she is Lady Rock. She is uh, she is cr- beautiful and charismatic and like pops on screen, but like there she's not a good actor. No, but no, she no, can no. sell. I can't wait it. to yeah, see her deep it. character work in Murder, Murder on, on the Nile. Nile. Oh my oh, god! Even in the trailer, how is that it's, movie coming out what? and the new trailer that's been recut Cut to, around, around Army. Army Hammer. Yeah, who is a major character in the <laughs> yeah. movie? Yikes! I do kind of want to see the well, not train wreck, boat wreck. That boat it will wreck. Be. Yeah, 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 for I, sure. I want to know a little bit about like your comic book upbringing, but before we go there, I actually think maybe to contextualize for the actual true virgin slash producer Phoebe has a really seen any of the Marvel movies. So for someone who hasn't been inducted into the cinematic universe, how would you describe, obviously there are like, what, 27 movies or whatever, they start with Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah, technically. 2008. How would you describe how these wind together, like for someone who has maybe never seen them before? War propaganda with good jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Literally though. Yeah. I think it was the fir- like the first time since the Joel Schumacher Batman movies where they were like, oh, this is kind of, this can be silly. But then they were like, but not campy. Yeah. And then, and so they sort of like, they took the note and were like, okay, people like it when they're fun because they're superhero movies. Yeah, but it has to always be like self-deprecating yes. and like a little in on the joke. Um, yeah, not, Which is not why, campy. And and the thing is, is they were really smart to start the, the, the franchise A- with something, uh, a character like Iron Man, who is, the stakes are low going in. Like, people who like comic books know who Iron Man is, like Iron Man. He's had cartoons, you know, he's shown up in other media. But, like, the culture writ large was not, like, it's no. not Batman, it's not Superman, no. it's not the X-Men. Like, they they dipped their toes in with a character that, if it failed, yeah. it wasn't going to be, like, a huge IP disaster for them because it's mm. Iron Man, you know? And, and I think that's why it was even, because it was such a huge success... It was even it it was able to sort of launch the MCU in a big way because they were like, oh, we can take risks with these relatively sort of like I would say Iron Man at the time, even though he's been a huge presence on the Avengers in the comic books for years and years and years, is not an A-list character. No, right? no, not at all. I think it also like Iron Man made a lot of sense for the like cultural context of the time because like you're thinking about the entertainment landscape, which is like you haven't really had a good superhero movie since what X two, um, the Batman movies though. The right, okay, the Batman movies, and also like I think Iron Man makes a lot of sense as a post nine eleven mm-hmm. superhero. Absolutely, and, and that first movie is so post nine eleven. And 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 I think the smartest decision they ever made, and the thing that really separates the successful MCU movies from the non successful MCU movies, is casting Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because here's the thing, especially as we go on with the MCU, as they start to build on them, you really start to realize that these movies, because they're so formulaic and because they become very similar in tone and theme and visually, there's a the house style that the mm-hmm. MCU has. If it's not anchored by an actual star, mm-hmm. they do not work. Okay, well, who and- do you think is is well cast? I think Robert Downey Jr. I think, the, I think the actual, the original cast of the Avengers, the original core Avengers cast, I think they're all stars. They're Including yeah. Jeremy Renner. Oh, that's the one I was forgetting. Jeremy Renner, not a star. Um, And and 
Mark Ruffalo is probably on the bubble, but I think he acquits himself well, and, and especially in I things totally. like Well, there's Ragnarok. a reason why there was never a, a, a solo Hulk film. There was, though. But yeah. not with him. Edward with Norton. Norton. Edward, and, and that's technically a part of the MCU. And Liv Tyler, who and Liv Tyler. needs yeah, yeah. to be in the MCU. Um, I think it's, I totally agree. I feel like, it, like it, it's grounded in these kind of very specific and singular performances. And I feel like Robert Downey Jr. at the time, like that was kind of his, his comeback comeback yeah. as an actor in addition to like the comeback of Iron Man who no one really knew about. And Marvel too because here's the thing beyond the X-Men movies Marvel had never had like a good big or Spider-Man, Spider-Man too yeah, yeah. obviously but like they never like really had a hit as like a solo with a solo superhero other than Spider-Man and the yeah. X-Men because those are huge obviously recognizable properties. Mm-hmm. But like it's interesting because like you look at movies like Captain Marvel which I don't think is the greatest movie. I haven't seen it. Um and it's and listen, I think Brie Larson is an amazing actress. I think she has uh, was amazing in Room. She deserved that Oscar. Like, but there's a difference between being a star and an actress. And I do not think she has the charisma necessary to lead a Marvel movie, especially one where the character is such a cipher that like you really need an actor who can fill in the blanks of that character because the whole point of that character is that she doesn't have a personality and she doesn't remember her personality. And if you had cast somebody like Emily Blunt. Oh, I want to watch that. Like, I think it would have really been a much stronger movie because someone like that can really sort of imbue the character and sort of like give you, you know, someone who's going to make choices. They also have to, they have to like crack jokes too. You know what I mean? And they have to be funny. It it really like comedy is such an essential part of all of it pulled together. But like, I this is why Patty Harrison should be in that. (laughs) I I do see the thinking behind Captain Marvel or whatever, because it's like, they love throwing in, you know, a Catherine Hahn, a Julia Mm Louis-Dreyfus, like Florence Welch. They love throwing people that know. Florence Welch. I want it. Florence Welch in the MCU. She actually already feels kind of like a part of it. So Florence Pugh. But like, yeah, it's like these these Oscar-nominated actresses or like actresses that give performances that also have a very singular sense of humor. It's very like kind of like the way they cast the professors in Harry Potter. Yes. And it's also counterintuitive. Like you wouldn't think of a Catherine Hahn in a superhero movie. And they love to cast that way, which I think is part of the reason a lot of these movies are so good. They love to lure in, you know, these prestige actresses and then make them be the girlfriends um, in a really in, like they're like hey way. do you want a couple million dollars yeah. so you can like buy um, your summer house and they're like sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? I'll do a, t- uh, like Rachel McAdams. I'll do two weeks on Captain St- yeah. or Doctor Strange. Like, sure, like that's totally fine. I like, haven't, fourth... I haven't seen Doctor Strange. It, it's really fun. Get really stoned. Do a, eat a little good. bar of mushroom chocolate. Tilda and, and watch it. is I'm never bad. doing mushrooms. Again. I, I think Tilda is hard to watch. You I like it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I know that's problematic, and I get it. And like, um, my good friend uh, Mark Retro has every reason to be mad about the oh, emails. Oh yeah, I love. But that. I do think that like it is a good one. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is a star and well, and can anchor that. Movie. I went into that movie thinking that I was gonna love Tilda, and it came out of it being like Benedict was that girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but you were talking about prestige actresses or whatever, and like random girlfriends in the MCU. Are there, like, stars that have been cast as ancillary characters in the MCU that you really wish would come into the cinematic universe and, like, get their own superhero movie or something like that? Um, Yeah, and I think the biggest example of this and one of my favorite sort of, like, 
under storylines is Lupita. Okay. And so like Lupita mm-hmm. in Black Panther is is amazing. And Black Panther is definitely top five, like one of the best MCU movies for sure. Like stylistically, yeah. like it is one of the ones that is like within the voice and tone and house style of the MCU, but does manage to make some choices that like set it apart. Mm-hmm. But my favorite thing is, is that like when it came to the Avengers, Lupita was like, yeah, no, actually, I think I'm going to do an off-Broadway play um, <laughs> instead. Like, I I wish I could be a fly on the wall in, like, listening to her agents explain to Kevin Feige, like, yeah, n- I know that, like, every single other actor that has ever appeared in a Marvel movie is going to be in Endgame, but Lupita wants to do a play at Playwrights Horizons. She she pulled a Kim Cattrall. Yeah, she really did. And it, it, it doesn't make any sense that she's not in that movie. Which of the Sex and the City actresses do you think would best fit into the MCU? I weirdly think Cynthia. Yeah. Ooh, okay. In I, what role? In in a sort of like, well, I mean, basically I'm thinking of Annette in Captain Marvel. I mean, yeah. what a wasted opportunity. Glenn yeah. in um in Guardians, in of, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like they're 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 getting them in I there. I mean, Glenn Close in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rachel, I mean Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, uh, uh, Renee the Russo. Time, the fourth time that she plays a time traveler's wife or girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, I should say the other person they couldn't get back for Infinity War, who's also prestige, who they lured back with a more interesting part, Natalie Portman. Natalie, I was so excited. Uh, for Natalie that. Portman, who said, "I will give you one day <laughs> of reshoots on Infinity War, and otherwise, you have to." CGI that fucking raccoon into existing footage (laughs) because I will not literally the one scene that she shot for Infinity War is a scene of her in the hallway walking into the room and everything else is existing footage from that that didn't make it into the movie yeah you can understand um, why Gwen d- had no idea that she oh, was in any. It's like they just—they don't even tell you. Yeah, they probably. don't really tell. Yeah, the the funeral. You just scene, show up at a at a like at a sound stage in front of a green screen, stand there for like a couple minutes, and they're like, "Okay, bye." Yeah, I can't even remember who it was, but somebody who was at the Tony Stark funeral scene—they didn't tell them. Like most of them could put two and two together about yeah. whose funeral they were at, but a lot of them didn't know who they were mourning. Wow. Um, <laughs> the secrecy is insane. Yeah. You think a lot about how, like, I mean, the way they wind these movies together, a lot of it has to do with that post credit scene. It's like, how do they, when they film those, they probably don't give a kind of context into how these, they create these, like, mini and vignettes. what must that be like as an actor to to have someone say, okay, react to this, but you don't know what this is. Also, yeah. side tangent. The experience of sitting in the movie theater and waiting after the credits and then waiting a second time yeah. for the post credits, it's a humiliating Like what experience. happened with, with Spider-Man, I waited uh, for the second post credit scene and it was just the Doctor Strange trailer that I had already that seen. Yes, the, that really that made, made me, me so mad. mad. That really made me mad. Um, like, baby, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that some of the movies that have come out recently are actually hindered by their the need to connect them to the larger universe. I know. I wish – because that was such a problem for me with WandaVision. And we're now like a year out from when WandaVision really Woof. took over the yeah. culture. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Um, it was so great and that like for the whole thing because it felt so fresh and disconnected. Yes. And then – you come in with the finale, which has to fit itself back into the Marvel exactly. formula and it. lead you back into the broader story. And I really think it like 
it kind of trashed all of the storytelling because they yeah. had they had really put story first for the whole series. Yep. And then it just ends it, it, in like, you know, a big CGI battle. You can feel the mandate on a lot of these things of like you have these you bring in these amazing writers and these rooms that create these amazing stories like WandaVision and then you can just feel the looming the the like email that they got that was like oh and by the way this story has to end here yeah. and it has to end this way and like it just doesn't feel great like I'll, I'll say Shang-Chi which I really loved I think it, I loved it too I just I, watched it this I week. will say that the origin MCU movies are now starting to feel very formulaic in a way that like the beats are almost all the same. I still enjoy them. I said to somebody, I think to you even over DM, I was like, I still will watch every single one of these origin movies, even though I know exactly how they will play out Mm -hmm. beat for beat, because it's like watching, it's like seeing an amazing production of a Midsummer Night's Dream where you're like, oh my God, this one's steampunk. But like, (laughs) it's it's the same story that we know, but it is fun to see like, oh, they're going to make Titania, uh, you know, a robot in this one, you know, and like, and see how they like remix the formula a little bit, but you still know, like, because Shang-Chi really is like, very similar to Black Panther. It's right. very similar to Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's very similar to a lot of the origin movies. Well, I think it's part of why these these movies are so successful is because you can show up and just plug yourself in because they're all such archetypes yeah. in a way. Mm. And like you can come in and like not really know exactly. about the larger mythology and just like get it. Yeah. I think that creates a differentiation between like who comes to these theaters because it, there's like the two of you that are extremely active, like, viewers of the movies. And, like, when the post credit scene happens, you actually know what's going on. And then... Sometimes. And then... Sometimes. Like, I didn't right. know what was happening in the post credit scene of Eternals. Right. Well, that's, like, it's, like, two... Well, it's, it depends on, like, what order you watch them, right? Because nobody watches them in order, really, unless you're at the theater, like, every single... Yeah. But, like, with me, it's, like, I'm such a passive viewer that, like, I, I'm just, like, oh, yeah, here for the ride, here for the formula. Which is why, like, WandaVision, like, lit my ass on fire, because even though it ends on, like, that formulaic beat, it is so, like, incredibly different from, like, what we've seen before in how it starts. Yeah, like, and it, it, it was also anchored, I think, in a way that the Marvel movies sometimes aren't by, like, real deeply felt performances yeah. by Paul Bettany and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Like, I really think that n- none of that would have worked. And it is it is such a cheat because, like, their entire relationship pulled from the comics and then sort of really shoehorned in. Like, it really – like, you see traces of it in Civil War. Mm-hmm. You see it's, like, barely begun in – um Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we get to end, uh, Infinity uh, War or whatever, it's like, oh, they're in a relationship. You're like really now. asked to like invest yourself in that in, relationship. And like, yeah. her you have to do a lot of work of, of about understanding and accepting things that you don't get to see. And again, it's that thing of the a really good actor filling in the blanks for, emotionally for us. Because when we get to WandaVision, it's like, okay, like we, I'm not that invested in this relationship. Yeah, I don't really care. But they really sold like they filled in the gaps because the their chemistry and the writing and the performances really made that relationship it, it, like i was not invested in that relationship at all and then by the end of wandavision i was like sobbing oh yeah when she yeah. does the back bend like um, yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. i was there it's all over from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. What comic book character who hasn't been in the MCU yet would you want to see in it? Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. She's a, an Avenger. About, tell us right? about her. She is a like a DDD list Marvel character that has sort of been memed into popularity. I think okay. in recent years, oh, um, she, memed in like Marvel, Marvel like like, like people. Yeah, like people are like Squirrel Girl, iconic, and it's like okay, but like name one thing that she's ever so who, <laughs> like, so who would play Squirrel Girl? Um, I think there was there's been a bunch of fan campaigns for like Allison Brie and like different actresses like Quirk. Any I feel like Allison Brie will wind up. In oh, MCU ab- at some point. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. She's she's read for something. Yes, she absolutely has. But like the secrecy is like an interesting, like weird thing that I think is gonna hurt them as they move forward. I also think that like even the stuff that they have done with the multiverse, I'm I mean, I'm I cannot wait for Doctor Strange. I think so that excited. will be very oh, interesting. Cool. Do I, you think we're gonna get X-Men in it because that's the big rumor um, because uh, James McAvoy and Sophie Turner have both been spotted with a shaved head and red hair respectively. No way. And so the rumor is that 
because of the success or like the early success of the insertion of like the Spider-Man into Spider-Man when they did all of the Doctor Strange reshoots, they went back to reshoot cameos. Interesting. And I, maybe I, that's I the way that the X-Men are winding I would, up. I would rather we, we start over. I, I would, would rather I we would start a, anew with the X-Men. I think that franchise is a little tired. Um, are, you an, you, are you an X-Men girl? Oh, I, the, when the comic books that I did buy from Marvel were all X-Men all the time. Like Grant Morrison's run on X-Men is I think amazing. Joss Whedon, I know problematic now, but his that, run his on, run with the is, with Kitty with like Kitty and Emma, with the um the, the like bullet, rocket. The oh bullet. my god. One it was of, so good. I mean like I've cried a lot reading comic books, but that like really like gets me every time I go and return to it. it, it if you ha- astonishing X-Men by Joss Whedon, yeah. if you can get over that part, uh, I highly recommend picking up the the trade pack paperbacks for those because it is a really really well told story. X Men definitely is the thing that got me into superheroes. Yeah, like, the cartoon. No, no. Well, the cartoon, yes, the '90s cartoon, but really the movie. Yeah, and that is like what what restarted superhero culture in you know the late '90s, early 2000s. It really did. I- X2, I think, is one of the best superhero movies I, ever I think made. I was saying that before you got here, that I think the best superhero movie, the best X-Men movies are X2 and Days of Future Past. Absolutely. Did Brian say Well, and I guess Logan, if you're if we're counting I, that. I haven't well. seen Logan. Oh, Logan's it, fantastic. It is like prestige, like X-Men in a, in a really delightful way. And I, I, yeah, I definitely think you should check it out. It's great. Do you think as a kid, y'all like caught we're in on the like latent queer appeal of x-men like it's such a a lot i mean a lot of superhero stuff gets queer but like i think that's why i liked mystique so much there was definitely some stuff happening there and i also really loved rogue and i think rogue there there's like a case to be made for rogue as like you know a a queer teen runaway especially in the first movie Mm. and then like you know no Brian Singer, but like there is a lot of that in X2. of that metaphor infused well, I, I into mean, X2. It's it's almost like bald with the have you ever tried not being a yeah. mutant scene? Like that is like pretty is, much Is that the one played with the, by the ugly Betty actress? Oh, Rebecca Romaine. Yes, Rebecca Romaine, who yeah, so she's, she's ba- in the original yeah. X Men movie. So she's basically played trans twice. Because Mystique is yeah, kind of like has. A canonically yeah. trans. Yeah. Well, and, and also in X2, we get the, the scene between Alan Cumming and, and Rebecca Mermaid where he was like, you could be anybody. Why why don't you, you know, hide basically? And she says, we shouldn't we have, have to. to. Yeah. Um, T. Which is what I. No to, passing. No passing. Um, so, yeah, I think um, the X. I, 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 I don't think I love any of the X-Men movies I, I don't love any of the newer X-Men movies nearly as much as I have lo- loved those first two, I think, and Logan. I do like – I think First Class has a lot of charm. I think um, – First Class is also very gay. Also very the, gay. The, like, the Magneto Professor X stuff is, <laughs> oh, is yeah. pretty well, explicit. And and I got to say, um, our girl What's-Her-Face from Mad Men – as a living diamond, like oh January Jones, January, January Jones, Jones as a living diamond, which is like one like of the not, silliest. Not acting at all. Thank you, Grant Morrison in a, in um, New X Men for giving us secondary mutations that have nothing to do with the, the person's original powers, which is when he made Emma St- uh, Emma Frost be able to turn into diamond um, for no reason. Like, it's a cool power. It's an amazing power. Well, okay, I love it. Joel, what what superpower would you want to have? 
Um, I think I'm a I'm a mind girl. I would love like the co- the classic combo telekinesis telepathy. Me too. Yeah, yeah the Jean Grey, the Jean Grey, the Jean Grey combo. combo. Yeah, I think like I, I do love. I have sort of gotten on the train of like I love like. You know, if your power is only telepathy, like, what are you going to do? Like, how are we going to use that in interesting Mm -hmm. ways? Like, you know, fun stuff like that. But, like, so if I had to choose, definitely telepathy. But I would love the combo pack if I could get it. Fran, what would would your superpower be? If I could pick a combo, it would definitely be shape-shifting and maybe invisibility. Like, to okay. be completely, but maybe actually no, not even, I like, think that could be part of the shape-shifting. Maybe not like, even, like, invisibility, but, like, undetect, like, ghost, like, become a ghost. Okay, so, like, like if you're me. Mystique, like, you know, your scales ripple and maybe, like, they turn into a mirror to, to hide mm. you. Ooh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Love but, that for you. But I want to be ghosty. I want to go through walls. Okay. So, maybe something like that. I don't know. So, Kitty Pride. Uh, so, Kitty Pride, kind of, yeah. Kitty Pride and Mystique combo. One of my, one of my favorite sort of, like, comic book... Um, like moves that we've sort of moved into in like the 20th and 21st century is like there needs to be an explanation for the power. So you you see a lot of like breakdowns of characters who can become invisible. It's not that they're becoming invisible. It's that they're bending light mm-hmm. around themselves. Right. Like, so uh, that, like, like Jessica right. Alba right. Yeah. in Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. oh, Have no. you watched the new Fantastic Four? I did. It's and bad. It is, I wanted it to be good so much. It's a plane movie and like even on on a plane, even it's on not a plane, good. it is not good. It's boring. It, it, this is the thing, and I love Kate Mara. Same, I think the superior Mara for me. Um, I disagree, but, but superior Mara. Wow, I, slander. I wonder I if they're both anti vaxxers. Oh, there's a rumor yes. going around that Rudy's an anti vaxxer. I could see it. Um, uh, but like, I, I definitely think like the, the cardinal sin of these movies is don't be boring. Yeah. Don't be boring. Make Rue laugh. Yeah. Make Make Rue Rue laugh. laugh. (laughs) It is actually that. (laughs) That's what Kevin Feige says every time there's a Marvel pitch meeting. You gotta make Rue laugh. (laughs) Um, Has RuPaul ever seen a Marvel movie, do we think? Absolutely not. I mean, we're steps away from seeing a cameo. That's oh, yeah. Maybe she can be the new Stan Lee. Yeah, I would actually really love that. <laughs> Has Michelle Visage ever seen a Marvel movie? No, but did you see that Michelle, Maybe with that Michelle Visage got turned down from um, Drag Race España? No. She wanted to be a judge and they said no. Oh, that sucks. She She's a great judge for literally anything. Sure, but like, I will say that like culturally sometimes like she is pretty... like. Uh- tunnel vision in like what she knows and like the international ones the the problem with that i'd see is like imagine michelle visage trying to judge drag race espana or i'm uh snatch game espana yeah you know like it would be entertaining but like incorrect yeah 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 i've never watched a non-us drag race unfortunately i have brain rot Mm -hmm. and um i've seen almost i i I have now started to fall off now that we're getting like 12 a year, but like I have watched most of them. I will say this about the international ones. I realized very quickly watching, I think, Spain, that Drag Race is not a show that merits my full attention. And when you have, like, I I never realized how much I was on my phone watching some of the international seasons until I had to read yeah. The, the the subtitles and I was like, oh, I don't care enough about this to, yeah. to like give it my 100% attention. It's a great phone show. And honestly, like Marvel movies are good 
phone, phone movies. movies. Okay, well. you say that, but also, like, I, as an extremely passive viewer of the Marvel movies, some would say groundbreakingly passive. I, mm-hmm. I, I truly, like, I watched in, uh, Infinity War. Is that what it's called? Infinity mm-hmm. War last night. I no, re- you watched Age of Ultron, and you and keep calling I it Infinity both. War. I watched okay. both. I, I watched Age of Ultron the night before. Anyways, watched um, Infinity War. About 40 minutes in, I realized I went to the theater alone and fell asleep during this movie. That so, makes sense. So I – like there were multiple scenes where I was like, oh, I remember waking up to this and and seeing that and then going back to Well, that. we also – Fran and I watched Winter Soldier the other night in preparation of this because you and I had had this fight where you called me a transphobic slur. Um, <laughs> and I I noticed a couple times like her getting her phone out. And mm-hmm. I, I said, like, I was this like, is important. I was like, Fran, can you just like pay attention during this part? Because I don't want to have to explain it to you. And you still had to explain it to me, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing to me is like, and this is what I was trying to say earlier about like active versus passive watchers is like something that I've discovered, especially getting to know you, Rose, and like how you've kind of inducted me into this. And honestly, like did not have a real fan-like interest in the MCU until maybe WandaVision. Because even though I had watched so many Marvel movies, I wasn't interested in the entwined world until I was so emotionally invested in Wanda. And unfortunately, I think it was like episode four or five. And I turned to Rose and I was like, oh, Wanda was in the Avengers. (laughs) And I had like fully watched like several Avengers movies and didn't ever pick up that, you know, Elizabeth Olsen was there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Okay, I have a very important question, which is, what do you think is Scarlett's worst wig in, uh, in all of the MCU movies? Very important. Well, I mean, I, I think it's probably Iron Man 2. I think it's the first couple of wigs. That, they were really yeah. struggling to figure out the wig but situation there. that fight scene, that first fight scene that she does, not, not in, like, the boxing ring, but, like, when she's in her full Black Widow regalia, yeah. I think is iconic. Yeah, yeah, it is great. Um, I don't love the ombre wig that they like felt they needed to do for her. Yeah, in... like why? Like why wouldn't well, she she's, just cut her hair? She's too morose. She can't. She can't. In five fix her years, hair. she never cut her hair. Yeah, it's like okay, girl. Um, when we were watching Winter Soldier, she also did an amazing wig reveal of the wig. It was uh, yeah, very she, Roxy uh, Andrews. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, what What's your favorite? Scarlet wig bin. I haven't watched enough of Scar. I I don't think I di- differentiated the wigs. However, I think her I, best hair is in Black Widow. I think Scarlet's best performance. I was gonna say Black Widow, but I actually felt like more compelled by the other three actors in that movie more than oh, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh is a star. Amazing is a star. Incredible. I do so, think sign sealed delivered. I am sold. Like, I do kind of think that like Scarlet should have been in like the opening scene, and then it should have been like a younger. Mm. You know, yeah, I will say the real smoke and mirrors and the magic trick of the MCU, and again goes back to my point of like why casting is so important, is that like that character was a cipher through almost the entire run of her movies. She just was whatever they needed they, her to be. Well, yeah, exactly. And they and like they uh, deliberately kept it vague. They like you know the, her uterus was stolen Ugh, and like I, and then I they kept pivoting and pivoting, and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting the romance between her and hulk completely Stupid. like deserted like they would start things and desert them almost immediately with her and it was like black widow was like the opportunity to really like close the loop and like really definitively say like this is who this person is and again the whole point of the movie was that, like, she sort of doesn't know who she really is. She also and, like, was, she felt like more of a supporting character yeah. to the actual story of this family. It came, it became kind of like a family comedy yeah. at some points when they were all sitting at the dinner table and stuff like that. Okay, so what? Even not Fran, I want to know. Even like not knowing anything that happens in m- the Marvel Comics universe, mm-hmm. what is like the craziest prediction you have for the next phase of Marvel, or gayest? I mean, it's not a crazy prediction. It's it's so hard to separate, like, when, when because I'm so in, like, the subreddits and I'm, like, you know, I'm 
an active participant in all the boards. But like I think Elizabeth Olsen is being set up to be the big bad for mm. this next phase. Like mm. I think that's very interesting and it's very true to like what happens in the comic books. I mm-hmm. think it'd be a really interesting way to get the X-Men into the Oh, real quick sidebar. The fake out in WandaVision with the X-Men furious. Yeah, I was furious. I was convinced okay, can you contextualize this for Virgin. Evan Peters played Quicksilver in the Sony X-Men, or is it Sony? No, it's... Uh, uh, Fox. Fox. The, Fo- the Fox X-Men movies. Basically, before it was owned by Marvel, there was exactly. this big before like, they had, legal battle. Exactly. And um, uh, Aaron, uh, what's the hot guy who... Aaron Taylor. Taylor Johnson yeah. mm-hmm. played her Quicksilver in the MCU, dies in Age of Ultron, as you mm-hmm. just saw. Mm-hmm. In WandaVision, they, like, bring back Pietro, and it's Evan Peters, and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is how they're going to get the X-Men. And it's some machination of her creating, like, the universe and, like, bringing in, like, uh, Fox Quicksilver instead. And then it just was, like, a complete red herring fake out. And it and then, like, even actually made me really mad because it, it sort of, um, like, the, the headshot that he reveals, like, why is that? in that was confusing like that felt messy to me by the end i i wasn't so much into that i i'm curious actually just a very rudimentary question you're talking about like maybe some least favorite additions to the mcu like you were talking about hawkeye didn't love captain marvel or whatever what what are like the the heroes or like characters where you're just like marvel you cannot make me care about this you know what i mean like Ant-Man or whatever. I mean, the yeah, Ant-Man movies I are fine. I don't care about Ant-Man. I, I like the first Ant-Man movie a lot, actually. Again, it's it's a, it's a heist movie and a Marvel movie. I can't, I, really I can't do Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, you and I don't care about that. I loved the first Guardians. I will say Chris Pratt, sort of. It's really hard to separate now. Yeah, Chris, like, Chris Pratt. Yeah. I, I will say it's really tough for me because the MCU has made me care about characters that I have never cared about. I, I do not, never cared about Iron Man, never mm. cared about Thor, mm. never certainly never cared about Captain America. You know, like all of these men yeah, that I like yeah. suddenly care about. Seriously. It is like, so they, they have done, uh, Shang-Chi certainly like um, was like sort of, my take on that was I was like, Yes, there is only one canonically Asian superhero, but maybe we just take a better one and <laughs> make him Asian. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I necessarily, like, th- I find this the most compelling story to tell, but, like, mm. sure, I-, I think they pulled it off well, and I think Aquafina is a star, clearly. And I will also say, this is the other thing that was crazy about Shang-Chi and Aquafina is, like, of course I want Aquafina to continue on yeah. in the MCU. But when the when uh, the Hong or whatever his name is calls them and he's like, your guys' life about to change. And it's like, well, why is her life yeah, about to yeah. change? Like, because she, she's friends with him. She's not a, yeah, I was like, she's not a, a part of this. And also she learned how to be an expert level archer in, <laughs> in three days. Day. Although okay, I will say, what was I, the timeline? I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the eventual next Avengers movie when Haley Steinfeld and Aquafina have a moment when they're like both shooting oh, an arrow yeah, or something. Because you, know you know that will happen. I think part of like what my apathy toward the Avengers and a lot of movies like entailing these multi superhero movies is like I I mean like call me crazy but like I do crave like films that are not about the end of civilization yeah very basic I do love Spider Man so Rose and I have talked before about how like I love that 
a lot of what Spider-Man deals with, even though there is end of the world stuff, is on the micro. He's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, that it's like it's, a, it's, it's good when the stakes are a little lower. That's yeah. why I I think Homecoming is one of my favorite MCU movies, and it's wow. in my top three of the period Spider-Man movies. Like I yeah. think the Agreed. first two Tobey Maguire movies and Homecoming are the three best Spider-Man movies, and it's in part in large part because of that, because yeah. the stakes are very low, because he's very bad, mm-hmm. and you see, and and it also the thing about Spider-Man Homecoming is that you don't really feel in any of the other Spider-Man movies is it's a high school movie. Yeah, it is a high school movie, and you really feel the age, and you feel the 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 youth of that character because in a way. Because the actors actually exactly like, like Andrew, <laughs> Andrew and Toby like love come them. On. Love them. I but. actually saw. Okay, so I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield movies. They're all on um, YouTube. So, but um, I <laughs> saw a, a, a TikTok recently that was talking about how they are a direct product of Twilight. Oh, absolutely! I, I literally really? said the same thing. To, we, my boyfriend and I watched them um, as quibbies um, because we. Di- I didn't want to sit down and watch them, but for a couple of weeks, we would watch them at ten minutes at a time. Uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just a quick That's bite. Good. Just a quick, quick bite, bite yeah, of slow. Andrew Garfield movies. But like, yeah, it is definitely such a broody. Like you can tell, it is so 2012. Mm-hmm. Like the vibe, it is such a product of its time in a way that like doesn't really work for me as a. Sp- Spider-Man movie. I think Emma Starr like really makes those movies fun and watchable in a big way. Andrew, an amazing actor. Do I think he's Peter Parker or Spider-Man? No. no. Do we think Cruella exists in the MCU? I would love to see that. <laughs> I'm so sad because there were so many rumors that Emma Stone was going to be in no. no Way Home as Spider-Gwen. Like oh, as, an, so as an alternate cool. reality. Like, maybe that'll, you know, maybe... Th- Five years from now, that'll happen. Or, or, yeah. And then maybe Catherine Hahn could come back as Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's House of Harkness gonna be like? I don't God. know if I is care. it gonna be charmed? Oh, you don't care. I love Catherine Hahn. I loved Agatha as much as everybody else. But I'm, I am like, what is this story gonna be, and why should I care? Like, if it's if it's a prequel to how she got to where she is, I don't know that I'm in. I, we, got, I think we got I, enough of that in that one yeah, episode. I personally am just so attracted to the sto- a story, an encapsulated story that might be completely outside yeah, of the. Yeah, sure. Universe. I think sure. that I also. So I know but I being... hope it doesn't fall into that pattern where it does that for the whole season and then the last episode she gets into a big battle and like Gwyneth Paltrow takes off her Iron Man mask. Like you, you know, know? Well, you... <clears throat> that's the that's the thing. And but this is I guess like I would like it if it's self-contained because the other big problem, and I think the smart the smartest thing they have done is like and I think this is a two-way decision, is Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans both leaving. Because one of my biggest problems now with the expansiveness of this shared universe is is that they're not doing as good a job of tracking character development across these films. What pissed me off about Endgame is all of the character development that we saw in Ragnarok, they completely ignored in Endgame. Mm. Like when we got to Fat Thor... It was like, mm. and then like all the stuff about him not like, wanting to lead and all of this stuff. And it's like, yeah. well, then what did we just watch in this last film? Yeah, because it was so good. Yeah, too. it really was. It was like, oh, we finally see this character move forward and become something different and sort of grow and mature. And then they completely, for a visual joke of uh, about his fucking pot belly, we're, we're going to throw it all away. Like it just didn't, tr- it, it's like, I want them to do a better job. And like, I'm worried. I'm, I'm so excited to see Natalie 
carry the hammer. So excited. I mean, I've... Uh, Just like, that video of her at Comic-Con. Oh, my God. Like, excited for more Tessa, too. I haven't been this excited since Vox Lux, okay? Like, I... <laughs> Vox no, we Lux. cannot go yes, on a Vox Lux tangent. Oh, my God. Okay, no, no, EKG, okay. We won't, we EKG, won't, play it now. We, we won't go on a Vox Lux tangent. No, no don't but do this time. I'll come back in a couple private, months or we can do... Yeah. in the public world. Yeah. But no, Vox Lux does exist in, yeah, yeah. The, in the MCU. Absolutely. I, I think it's... um you. Very she's like she's like Dazzler. Yes. <laughs> What's Dazzler? Love. Dazzler is um, X-Men. an X Men who like her power has to do with singing. She can turn no. She can turn no. sound into light. Oh. So she's like she was created in the seventies as like a disco star that was also a mutant. Um, and like Lady Gaga was for many years rumored to be Gaga, Gaga will be wind up in the MCU oh, at yes. some point. At Absolutely. some point, but as who? Because it's not. It won't be Dazzler. No, Gaga. maybe like Emma Frost, a rebooted Emma Frost. That could be cool. If they put Gaga in the MCU, I really hope it's something that's more contained. Like I would. I just think that they're. What's the accent? Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Is that she she will be like, well, I'm only going to do the role if I can do an I, accent. I would love to see her as uh, Madame Web. In a future Spider-Man movie, oh, yeah, just like in like two like teeny mm. tiny black sunglasses and Ooh. like sitting on a, a, a giant like magical spider web, like Ooh, fashion dictating. Love. You know, um, you were talking earlier about how like um, there was a turn in how they were making superhero movies that like left out like camp in some ways. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like new Marvel movies are still so funny and can play into things like that. But like, I will say like. It would be amazing for someone to right now, it doesn't have to be like Marvel or DC, but for someone to make like a superhero movie that did feel like, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and the, like Uma the, Thurman. The Batman. Joel Schumacher movies. Yeah. Where he like, literally was on set screaming, remember, we're making a cartoon. Yeah. Like that is like, because that movie for sure is like maybe my favorite superhero movie, period. It's so like, fun. I mean, the nipples... Yeah, the, bat suit. the nipples. Um, uh, as I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, uh, <laughs> this, this is a, a one woman, woman show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Poison Ivy was such a queer awakening for like so many girls. Oh, too, I feel. her entrance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is. I mean, I, I, like many gay boys. If there's a woman fighting in a movie. Like, give it to me. Yeah. Like, put it in my veins. Especially if they're a villain, because her whole thing was that she just, you know, wanted to repopulate the earth with plants. She thought, like, yeah. people were just... Poison Ivy her. was right. Yeah. She literally was... Which is, which is actually now brings us back, because maybe I do agree with you that Ragnarok is the gayest MCU movie, because it's the only one with a great female villain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is crazy that we are not seeing... more and better female characters in the MCU. Well, Thanos is maybe, like, socioculturally queer. Like, I I feel like... And I also, I mean... Well, there's a lot of chosen family going on with with Thanos as well. His daughters, not biologically related, but he said, we are family. We are family, yeah. And I mean, the fact that his sole mission is to, like, end our conscious existence because he knows that existence, like, only entails suffering. I mean, that's very queer. Thanos was right. Yeah. Thanos was right. Honestly. As was written on the urinal in Hawkeye. (laughs) We we should have been... We should have been snapped. Would okay, would you have been snapped? No. no. Okay, who do you think of the two of us would have been snapped? I think Fran. You really think? Yeah. So but then we have to watch Rose emotionally process that? I would have moved on yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. quickly. I, I mean, know, but that's got... why it's not a very compelling story. That's not a whole movie. Um before we go though, I have to ask, what did you think of Eternals? What did we think of the gay representation that we're getting internals in Richard Madden? <laughs> I just want a fucking faggot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought that it's cool to see a kiss. It's cool for them to be here. His power was super lame. 
like he there were so many primary characters that I don't think any of them it, had their moment. I think they, Eternals they is cut, they should have it, you could have used some editing. Eternals is maybe one of the biggest misses that they've had in recent yeah. memory. I'm also I, I shocked say. that Thanos wasn't I mean like Thanos is an eternal or whatever, right? Yes. He, so, like, I'm. I was shocked that they he didn't is? try to like. Yes. Yeah, he's an eternal. Canonically. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I will say that uh, going back to the very first point of like needing to be a star to lead these movies. Love Gemma. Uh, not a star. I wow. didn't realize she was going to be like the anchor. The, the anchor. I yeah. and it she didn't, was. Very, it didn't work. I thought she was very compelling, actually. But because there are so many. It, there was no center to me. The, also, that sex scene was weird as fuck. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I think that, like, there's so many interesting things they could have done with that little girl. I mean, fucking interview with a vampire did it better. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about little, being stuck as a little girl for centuries? Like, give us some real, like, like then they just forgive her. And then Gemma Chan's powers are so inconsistent. Yeah, fuck like, them kids. Yeah, it's like, oh, we I made that a tree. I don't know how. And then they never really explain how or I don't, why. Yeah, I don't understand, like, like, the power threshold, like, how powerful they are. The it, the degenerates or whatever were just, like, spag- like generic spaghetti monsters that didn't yeah. really come into play at the end. I, I thought they would join forces or something at the end. Like, mm-hmm. That made more sense. Generic spaghetti monsters. Like, they did feel like the, the ones from Quiet Place. Yeah, they felt like the Quiet Place monsters. They felt like the machines in the Matrix. Yeah. They felt like literally like all the every the monsters monster. at the at the, in Infinity War. Yeah. The ones that come down from the, yeah. well, and you know what's crazy in the comic book, Angelina Jolie's character and the generate that she like ends up killing and fighting at the end there, um, have kids and like yeah. fall in love and like all really like much more interesting than what they actually ended up doing they did kind of it characters. was kind of it um, was a cop out you know, they squandered yeah. Angelina Jolie one, oh one, absolutely one really fun fact that Rose and I learned though is that Angelina Jolie and Lady Gaga had the same dialect coach and it was Dorit Kemsley <laughs> um, it, it, it they literally you know both worked with the same person it was amazing I'm just happy that I got to touch Angelina Jolie's blonde wig um, right. dur- during my eternal set visit Amazing. and walk on the spaceship yeah. but also like of, of all of this of all of the Marvel sets to visit like kind of the lamest one yeah, yeah it was Salma so, having quite a year I will say she, she was underutilized she's been having a good couple years I think since Like a Boss she's been, <laughs> she's been on a roll she's amazing in Like a Boss which also exists in the MCU yeah, she obviously. was underutilized in both House of Gucci and Eternal. I think she was ideal. utilized perfectly uh, the right amount in House of Gucci do we think I, do we think Che Diaz will be part of Phase 5 <laughs> no stop it it's Che Diaz che Diaz the is the first thing. Non, non-binary character in the MCU. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't wait to be the first woman to be misgendered in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, that's going to be like, my groundbreaking. How do you think they're going to incorporate, you know, trans narratives into the MCU? Um badly by dead naming someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this just reminds me that Ultimately, we need an Avenger who eats ass. I mean, literally though, and that is enough of these Avengers that are like sexually fluid or whatever. Yeah, that like, is the platform yeah. of this podcast. That how, is our stance. How are you MCU. gonna How are you gonna save the world if you're afraid of Giardia? Okay, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. We will be back next week with a discussion on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Finally, we will be joined by Evan Ross Katz, the gay Buffy expert. 
which I will say because I I'll guess I'll consider myself the trans Buffy expert. <laughs> In the meantime, if you've never watched Buffy, catch up, watch some episodes. You can also always call us to confess the thing that you are so obsessed with in pop culture that you have to force feed it to all of your friends and loved ones. You can call us at 323-PENANCE. That's 323-736-2623. Also tweet us your take on this week's episode. Who in the MCU do you love? What would your superpower be? Would you have been dusted in when Thanos snapped? Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us a lot, um, even if it's a little sassy. I'm your co-host, Rose Domu. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Rose Domu. And I'm Fran Torado. You can also find me at Fran Squishco on all the social media, including TikTok. You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts. And again, please leave us a review. It's the number one thing to help our podcast out. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter, with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Krainchich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, see you later, virgins. Ciao, ciao. Rose, also, there's an episode. I was going to send you a voice memo last night, but it was 2 o'clock in the morning, unfortunately. They do an episode in New Zealand, and they take a photo shoot in Hobbiton. They take a photo in the okay, Hobbit well, door. Okay, well, now you've piqued my interest. I know. They take a photo in the Hobbit door in the Shire. When are we, when are we going to do a Lord of the Rings episode on location in New Zealand? And I, and I will, and you know I will be dressed as sexy Gandalf. No joke. We should or do it. Or probably just Gandalf. We should do it like. Or no, I'll go. I'll be a ring wraith. We have to. Like, we should um, ask If there's though. anyone listening who's, like, part of the, like, New Zealand tourism board or something and wants to send us to New Zealand to do like a Lord of the Rings tour for free. Oh, actually um, that's a legitimate thing. Yeah, please, Phoebe, put this in. Put this in the episode. <laughs> we we will do anything. We will do literally anything to be able to go to Hobbiton. So many deliverables. You know, I'll follow your little itineraries. Plural. I will show hole for <laughs> a Hobbit hole. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. Bye. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.